and welcome to another episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. And joining me today is... Wario Will. Alright, let's check out the paper. What is this? Let's see here. Okay. Okay, it says here that Sonic 2, the movie, is the greatest video game movie of all time. Huh? Oh, there's a big surprise! That's an incredible... I think I'm gonna have a heart attack and die from that surprise! Yeah! That's pretty much right, Iago. Pretty much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, I heard Orson Welles uh, gave it a starring review. Like, that was impressive. He did. Yeah. He I did. Mean... Orson loved it. Yeah. And, and Roger Ebert loved it. Yeah. I mean, I'm shocked by how many people have loved it. I'm sure there will be other critics weighing in in the uh-huh. near future. <laughs> yeah. And as you can see, back from the dimension of the Master Emerald is Tellius Tyler. I've come before you a changed in Anne's. <laughs> At my core, life before Sonic 2 and life after Sonic 2. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be talking a lot about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie today, including a very special main event where we just talk about the future of the Sonic cinematic universe, for lack of a better term. Uh, but first, what have you been playing? <laughs> I'm going to go first again this week because I also haven't played that much. I've been very busy and I haven't had a lot of time as I wanted to. I've, of course, been playing Fire Emblem Heroes and I got to the end of my Trampus Trials relatively quickly, so that was good. And then I finally started my Golden Root attempt, I should say, attempt for uh, Triangle Strategy. And I'm, like, one level in. (laughs) Okay. Because when you do Game Plus mode, they keep you at the level and all the stats and all the things you've been building, which is great. And but they just ramp it up, which is you'd think fine, except when I went to the first level and I was no slouch. Again, I beat a playthrough. Alright? I beat a playthrough, so I was at a high enough level to do that. My first level, I almost get one shot in the opening level on the dock. I was just like, What? I got double hit and Saranoa, who was one of my strongest characters, like almost got got almost got got. Right then and there, just like, um, no, that's not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> so I had to get really, and then of course I had Benedict, who I could not get rid of. He was only at level six because I got rid of him early in my first playthrough. So I'm using like his techniques, which give him like a hundred experience every single time. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm just getting really creative just to try and survive. And thankfully, I got through and just like, is this how it's going to be the rest of the time? Because it was hard enough the first time. Uh- so. Uh, question. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yes. Question. Um, so, in the new game plus mode, like, it, does it keep your levels or yeah, like? I just said that. Like, and you. Uh, and secondly, um, where you like, because I know like usually a first playthrough takes you around at least up to level thirty-five or so, correct? Like for you, like what, what, what? I was what, what? at I was at around thirty-four, thirty-five when I first when I wow. got down my first playthrough. Wow! So I really bumped it up. Wow! 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 Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, it was tough. I mean, I had to face like Trish almost one shot, uh, Gila in one bow. And it wasn't even spe- they didn't even have their special attacks. It was just a regular attack. Ah. And it almost it almost wrecked them. They have like 300, 400 health. And so like the next time I could go to my encampment, I just started buying items and stuff so I could withstand and I could get like better gear and everything. So and I'll be doing the mental mock battles. But uh I, I won't be able to play as much this weekend because it's Easter weekend. I have a Comic Con to go to on Saturday. <clears throat> but I endeavor to do more and we'll we'll see. But the the path has begun. All right, and I know I've got until chapter seven to make things work for me. And again, if it wasn't for that one time, I missed one time on the scales. One, that was it. And I failed, but I, 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 ha- I am able to see 
the choices, morality, mm-hmm, liberty, mm-hmm, and utility. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. nice. I am able to see how much I get from it. And they tell you the various ways that you can uh, get the extra points like by buying items, selling items, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. So I'll <laughs> see how that goes. But uh, I want to get the golden root. Period. And sorry, I must get the golden root. Yes, it is much more satisfying. And also, again, like it definitely, again, just de- if in your playthrough, definitely imagine going to get Cole Hog. He is going to be very useful for you. Yeah. Uh, I There is a character that I'm I'm going to, there's going to be assigned to my camp called the Scout. And it's through that Scout that you're going to see where Sarah Noah's. Uh, levels are for lack of a better term with the with the scales of conviction <laughs> so i'm look i'm i'm awaiting that character because i'll surely make my run a lot easier to do so yeah all right well how about you uh for me just to continue on uh nothing much as well uh as usual continuing on with uh final heroes with, with like you i just finished up by tempest trones pretty quickly because thank thankfully with um young ike the young like mi3 uh fallen edelgard's pretty much and surprisingly, very, even with auto battles, it's very good on uh, like, lunatic uh, difficulty. So, thankfully for that. So, just continuing upgrading my orbs. And yeah, last, uh, you you mentioned it uh, in the Discord chat that the next banner will be on like, next week on the 18th. So, maybe tonight or maybe on tomorrow, we'll probably get a trailer soon. So, for the next banner. So, hopefully for that. Um, also, just briefly as well, just continuing going back my backlog of uh, continuing on with the Kaito files from Lost Judgment, as well as actually going back into um, Persona 4 Arena Odyssey Max for PS4, which I download. And yeah, I did play the original game, and now I actually have bought the PS3 version, but never actually completed it. So now going back on the PS4, and yeah, it, like I'm not really much of a fighting game. I mean, the only time I actually was heavily invested aside from Smash Bros. is uh, with a uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle with you, uh, Todd. And yeah, overall, it's just like it's like a good good pair of shoes. It's just going back into the, to the series and um, the fighting game from Arc System. Just it's just an overall good time. I forgot how how fighting games feel like in that arcade setting again. So yes, they uh, had some good matches. Pretty good times to say the least. So. But and um yeah yeah that's pretty much it and just brief as well uh I did recheck it back on um Kirby and Forgotten Lands I did look it up and yes now now my file is at that hundred percent so I guess it just took some time to um load up at the hundred percent and actually uh went back to to see that the secret how room uh I'm not sure if you uh for you uh, Tyler that you you saw the, know how to get to the how room but yeah just did that just for the sake of um getting that. No, I went there to say least. So, but yeah, overall, that's just pretty much it. So, more or less, it's been fairly until like I don't know, maybe until Nintendo Switch Sports, but that's who knows. That's so, who knows, so yeah. would you say that, that special uh Kirby room is Hal Load Ground? Uh... <laughs> you deserve it. All right, Tyler, I know, I know you don't want to talk about games, you want to talk about certain something else, so go ahead. <laughs> I, do, I do, Will and I are going to discuss the Sonic movie. For sure, for sure, for sure. Before for sure. that, I wanted to talk about what I've been playing real quick. Uh, I have been largely playing the N64 um, online service, Banjo-Kazooie primarily. I tried F-Zero, and it did not make any uh... sense. It made no sense there was no tutorial i could not get the car to steer the way i wanted it to it just would randomly slow down on turns and google was not much help so uh, so far my experience with the, the said band franchise has been very negative and i didn't like the original game on the snes and now gx zero 
I think this one's just X, X, zero X has X, not X. won me over either. But I also started playing, um, I've had this for a while, but never played it, Yoshi's Crafted World. Ah, okay, okay. After playing Kirby, and it, it it's night and day to me. Uh, Kirby is just the better game by so much. <laughs> really? Uh, really? Yeah, Yoshi's, Yoshi's Crafted World is not that good. It's like, not to be a, a negative Nancy, but Yoshi's Crafted World, the... The biggest issue that I have is how stiff the game feels. Mm. Uh, like it's very linear, and that's fine. It's a two D side scroller, and like they'll do a little things where you kind of walk forward and backwards, but largely it's a left to right classic two D side scroller. <laughs> um, but they have you throwing eggs into the background sometimes, and it just doesn't feel smooth. Because oh. if, you just, if you throw the eggs standard, like in a normal way. Like it'll go on a straight line on your two dimensional line, but some interactable objects in the background will then, if you're on them, it will know to send them into the background instead. And I just wish that there was a better way of handling that depth mm. of field because a lot of times I'll be doing like flower challenges and my cursor will be right on where it needs to be, and then the enemy will move like right as I'm throwing, and I'll just instead of like throwing the egg towards the target. It will be completely the opposite direction, and it, it's infuriating that like you, you, there's not an easy way to toggle. I, I find that mechanic not very good. I don't love searching for the collectibles. I, I yeah, love, yeah, yeah. I'm a completionist guy, and like in Kirby, I loved finding everything because Kirby was designed intelligently. Like they pointed out where they they highlighted where to look, and if you didn't find everywhere everything on your first playthrough, you got a hint to go through the level again. In Yoshi's. There's just like random stuff hidden in random places. Like you really just have to jump into every random nook and cranny to discover all the invisible, um, I guess, pea clouds you would call them that give you like either flowers or red coins or stuff like that. So it's it's frustrating. It's a little too simple. It's it, 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 there there's some enjoyment to be had. I like 2D platforms. I generally like Yoshi games, um, but I am very disappointed in in what I've played from that game. Uh, it's it's not up to the standard of Yoshi's Island, uh, that's for sure. But that that's been my my primary game. Now I'm debating whether I want to try to finish that, or I want to go back to the SMT five, or if I want to get mm. thirteen Sentinels that came out. So it's it's going to be a long week of pondering for me. <laughs> well, if anything, if I might make a recommendation that if you if you can get it even on a bargain bin i highly getting i recommend getting 13 sentinels on the switch just because one it's beautiful from vanilla world games and plus again the plot itself is definitely one you want to state because it is a, a great a rabbit hole of a story if you love time to travel plots you're gonna love this game and and i wouldn't say as a game is part visual novel but the, the gameplay wise as well it gets real hectic real quick which definitely keeps you on your toes i mean maybe a bit easy on the site even on hard mode uh, because i play on the ps4 version but if you can get past that it, it get, it's quite engaging to say the least so I highly recommend okay. getting past that's a good recommend I, I thought that you liked that game and i i you kind of talked me into it i think that's what i'm gonna do i'd also considered getting uh the world ends with you final remix at oh. the end and playing those because we got a break it like our schedule this is supposed to be advanced wars time <laughs> and i really am feeling that advanced wars is not out because i'm dying for something new to play and there's nothing until strikers 
Right, right, right. Live Live Alive, I think, comes out in May. I no, don't actually, it's July. We kept thinking it was May for some reason, but it was actually July. Yeah, I, I'm getting so confused by that. And I, a Radical Dreamers, I think that just came out, right? Chrono Trigger or Chrono yes, Cross? Yes, God, it's basically continuing to tell us guys to play yeah. it. Yes, yes. So there's <laughs> stuff out there to buy and play, but it's just a matter of picking what I want to play. And then I have Elden Ring sitting there. I would start at that. <laughs> so it's just, it's a real, it's a real, it's a real not all right let's get into the good stuff will let's talk about the greatest movie ever made sonic the hedgehog 2 uh first i'm sure everybody's heard it opened very well at the box office 72 million domestic beating the first movie uh by 13 million i think that was 59 (laughs) and 141 million globally opening weekend big success the third movie has already been announced but they have officially done it they have officially launched a successful Sonic the Hedgehog movie franchise. And given that it's Sonic the Hedgehog, and given what the character looked like when we saw that first trailer, yep. I cannot believe that this is the reality of the world that we're in. <laughs> now, yep. the only problem is that now they have to do the harder job. Make a good Sonic video game. Oh! oh! You're right. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong, Sonic fans. I dare you. Yeah, I mean, Mania is like when you look like the last, the last games, one. The but last one. That was a fan one. game. No, that was a, a fan game of made Sega. official. Basically. Yeah, a fan game made official, but it was a fan game that, so- that Sega eventually was like, you know, yeah, let's just make this e- even better. Okay. No, they no no they contract no. them to make that game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a psych, that's a Sega game. Like I, you're, you're undercutting it uh, for no reason. It's not really. Mania I, I was a, praising the fans. The fans made the game, not Sonic Team. No, that's yeah. That that's that is all that is all true. But it's a great, successful Sonic game made by Sega. So that one is a huge hit. And then Forces was not as good. Obviously, that was a big step back. But you know, it, it, the the rumors that Sonic has not been good since the 90s and early in adventure years, I think is a little misleading. It's just been very up and down, and Sega doesn't understand what they're doing with the character. But anyway, into the movie. Let's start. <laughs> Will, everybody knows I loved it. What did you think? I Again, I love the first movie. And again, seeing the second one, especially with that Sega logo at the beginning. Again, Skies of Arcadia, baby! Okay, and of course Yakuza. Oh, okay, I'll stop, I'll stop, stop. But yeah, seeing that Sega logo and just how it is like again i'm not a sonic fan but even i i, I even recognize the whole references again the mean bean cafe mean bean machine the the whole uh, like again the the giant robo mech the robotic mech of many past games and just like all these different references including having like the the, the science tunes as a ringtone like they show in the trailers i mean the only thing i kind of wish for is it had more music from hyper potions but again i guess that was just a one-time deal so that's kind of sad but yeah, just like everything it is. Of course, having um, Colleen, Colleen reprising as Tails, that's definitely a great, great work from Tails and as well Ben Swartz as Sonic. And of course, Idris Elba as Knuckles is just like, yeah, that, definitely that Knuckles that you know, again, all muscle, no brain. Like, I am a million percent muscle. Like, how is that impossible? <laughs> like, and just like, oh, ice cream. Yes. Uh, can I have uh, grace for my ice cream? <laughs> it's like, not particularly, but again, I'm, I'm just really surprised how Idris Elba really captures that spirit of Knuckles. Like, we always see him in the, in the cartoons, in the games, and just, like, seeing him in the cinema from Idris Elba is just like, yeah, it works. 
it, it just works like that hard-headed honor bounce and even has that that um sad backstory of being the last echidna is like yeah it, it kind of balances out very well so much props to Idris elba of like delivering that performance and of course jim carrey uh, as robotic is just like just perfect as robotic of course like from just from that intro of us uh, of him just going back into the world and of course going tricking knuckles to gain the, the master emerald is just like Ugh, it, it, it was just—it was just meant for the role for for Jim Carrey to say at least. And like, what do you think, Tyler? Because I know it's been so long. Because before we head to the end, but like, what do you think, Tyler? What do you think? Uh, so I agree with everything that you said. I think that the MVP of this movie, I, I think Jim Carrey was the MVP of the first movie. I think oh, Ben I, I, Schwartz oh. was the MVP of this movie as Sonic. I think that Ben Schwartz is—he is perfect for the character because he has so much energy in his voice and his inflections. And I, I don't know if you saw him on the Colbert report or not, oh, yeah, sure, sure, but he was on late night with Stephen Colbert. And I think it's just who he is. He's very energetic. He's very funny. He's very carefree. And that is what Sonic is. So he embodies this character. He has this energy and this joy that just oozes out of everything that he does, even when things are bad for Sonic, even when Sonic is wounded. He still has this like playful, fun energy that never leaves him. And he's just fun to be around. I mm-hmm. love hanging out with movie Sonic. He is a, a little kid, but he's a little kid that you love. Like he runs around, he might like make you want to pull your hair out with just like his immaturity but he's got a heart of gold and he is so much fun to be around. And it makes perfect sense that he has such great chemistry with everybody. Mm -hmm. I think Colleen as Tails did a great job. I do wish that there was more uh, of the Sonic and Tails dynamic because Uh... I think that Ben and Colleen were awesome together. And I really feel like like, as a game fan, even like going back to the adventure days, this is a deep cut for young people. (laughs) The old heads know like Sonic and Tails, their relationship, Tails has always idolized Sonic Mm -hmm. as like a hero figure. And Tails has always wanted to be like Sonic, but he's not like Sonic. And Sonic always encourages Tails that you're good enough on your own. You know, Tails has this great moment in Sonic Adventure where he defeats Robotnik without Sonic's help. And he, you know, feels like, oh, I've become a new grown up. It's like a new chapter in his life. And that sibling relationship that they have is so sweet. It's so sweet in the games, even before they could like do really cool cutscenes with fancy bells and whistles, like the basic adventure cutscenes. They're really there's a sweetness to their relationship. And I feel like this movie nailed it. And I wish that there was a little bit more of it because there's a scene where they, and we're going to spoil everything. Okay. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah it's complete spoiler. So you can skip ahead. Todd will, you know, post the timestamp of when we're done talking about this, but the, there's a scene where they go to Siberia and they're like in this bar and Tails has never been on an adventure before, so he's scared he can't do it. And Sonic's like, come on, I'll make sure you're all right and all that stuff. And, like, they get into this dance-off. <laughs> yep, and, yep, yep, yep. And, like, their their teamwork is great. It's how they, like, come together to win the dance-off. And Sonic is obviously, like, he's cool, so he can, he can dance and all that stuff. But at the end, he has this sweet conversation with Tails where he calls him his friend. And it, like, means the world to Tails to finally have a friend and to be an outcast his whole life. And that's, like... That's the key to Sonic and Tails' relationship. That's why we love them so much over the years. They have that deep bond. They both mean so much to each other. And this movie got that, but because of Knuckles and Robotnik's plot lines, 
it didn't get to breathe quite as much as I would have liked. Like, I feel like there could have been some tear-jerking moments from Sonic and Tails, and I didn't get there. Although I did get to tear-jerking moments just out of my sheer love of how well <laughs> the movie went. But Colleen is great as Tails. Idris Elba's Knuckles, so much better than everything they've done with recent Knuckles. He, like you said, he was dumb, Will. I actually don't think that he was dumb. Like, he was... He's from another world. He's, he's dumb in world. Sonic Boom. Yeah, in Sonic like, Boom. He's so dumb. Yeah, he no. ate a napkin. It was like, this isn't that bad. He keeps eating it. All right, like, like look at yeah. Sonic X Knuckles. I mean, he was not the brightest, but he was not dumb. Again, All voiced right? by, I believe, Ian Price, uh, the voice of Yu-Gi-Oh! Last I checked, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be the voice of Yami Yugi, a.k.a. Yami the, Yugi, fine, AKA fine. the uh, Tem, know thy lore, okay? You're welcome. Okay, I'll miss their otaku over there. You're dang right. <laughs> But uh, movie continue. Knuckles is like this warrior culture guy all the way. He doesn't. He's only understands honor. It's why he trusts Robotnik. He doesn't trust him like gullibly. He trusts him because he truly doesn't understand what betrayal is. Like it's just not in his wiring. He's never experienced it before. And they that that type of Knuckles I thought was the perfect choice for this type of movie where you you never really like in the games even growing up you always felt like why does knuckles fall for eggman's tricks it's so obvious like he he can't be that dumb and in the movie it's like it made sense why he went along with robotnik's side for for most of the film plus i think that the marvel cinematic universe deserves a shout out because they clearly took inspiration from drax (laughs) of course knuckles was just he was basically drax and the scene at the end they're playing baseball him sonic and tails or like playing baseball at the field that sonic was on in the beginning of the first movie and it was my favorite maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie Mm. they were just so funny knuckles like doesn't understand the point of having fun he's like taking baseball way too seriously he punches the ball and as he's rounding the bases he's like i've conquered the first of the bases he runs to the right i have conquered the second base (laughs) just the the dialogue was great it just elbow and yeah yeah also propping as well because like when uh during that one scene like uh when knuckles would read the text he literally was like dot 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 was so funny. It was so funny. Is there? Is there a lot of laughs? Is, is there? Okay, I don't know if this is actually a line, but wasn't there one like, "Why is this called a happy meal, and yet I am not getting enjoyment from it"? Was that uh, real? I, I think. I think. I, I can't remember. No, oh, I, I okay, I saw that online. I'm just like, they, they would yeah. do that to Knuckles, making me it, a happy. It would meal. be that. It would, <laughs> it would be, be that. that. And, yeah, it does fit in with that. That could be. It very well could have been a scene. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, the thing, the thing that I I found most key to this movie's success was the relationship that Sonic had with the other characters. Because mm-hmm. even the humans, a lot of people are complaining about the human dynamic, and I will say the wedding subplot dragged mm-hmm. too much. There was this 10 minutes where Sonic got captured, and it was up to Tika Sumter and her sister, who I can't remember, her sister was getting married. And they stuck with the sister who was getting married for too long. Ah, like yeah, yeah. she would like they wanted to be like she was like this like you know, tough tough woman who was the, and like I love that I'm a fan of that in general but it was so out of place in the movie it went on for too long of like her husband was a, a gun agent secretly and like she didn't know and then like she had to go through all of this like emotional 
stuff right, ten right, minutes, right, and it's right, just right. like take all that out, just cut the whole thing. And, and, and it would have been better. And also, just props as well. Like I, even the like the whole commander of gun. Like oh, they're, they're really gonna bring back the Olive Garden bit again. Like really, <laughs> they're gonna bring back the Olive Garden bit. Like how much money has the, has the company paid to, for to bring it back again? But, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking about that uh, the other during the movie. I was like, did, did Olive Garden pay them again? Or at this point, are they just like this is a running joke? We're gonna stick with the <laughs> stick right, with the right, right. And it's like yeah, I, I granted that that part of it was a little bit too much. I mean, aside from the whole fact of introducing gun, but that was just about it. If you're if you're that a Sonic awesome, fan, but, I yeah. was so freaked out when they when gun when they said gun. I was like, oh my gosh, because so, that told you what was going to happen at the end. And we'll get to the end in a second. You knew where it was going. But there were so many little Easter eggs that were great. I still have to talk about Jim Carrey and how awesome he was. But... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, sorry to interject. Because, like, that, as you said, we're going to the references. Like, when he said about his dream about basically enslaving everyone in ro- and make everyone into robotics, that was a direct tribute to Sonic Underground. Just want to point yeah. that out. That was Sonic Underground right there. Well, they have so many references. I loved the Sonic Adventure pose during the dance off. Oh yeah, 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 signature, like pointing at you from between his legs. That was awesome. They had the the chopper that James Marston and Tika Sumter flew in was SA two, and it looked just like the chopper in the Sonic Adventure two battle where he breaks out of the uh, the. Do you know the way? Knuckles asks Robotnik if he knew the way. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the Sanic and the Sanic. Uh, we're going to that uh, that uh, uh, the, 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 the dummy, the body dummy that um, Sonic replaced it in oh, like, yeah. with a fart bit, bit. Like, yes, the Sanic. <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh my! I did, how did I miss that? I didn't realize it was a Sonic reference again. Yeah, like the the creators, Jeff Fowler, like he understands the culture around Sonic, and what he's done with this movie is create an incredible kids movie. This theater, I went to see it today or Thursday, uh, at like three o'clock. So it was like a terrible time to go see a movie. I think it would just be me. Mm-hmm. There were about twenty people in there. Some were a couple people were like me, and then there were a couple little kids, and the little kids were elect they were buzzing they were having the time <laughs> of their life and as a sonic fan that made me so happy because this character has been he meant so much to me at that age and he's been kicked down the sega has just totally mishandled him and here's this movie franchise that totally gets why sonic is so beloved by kids why he's such an important part of so many people's childhoods is the movie gets that and it's conveyed that to a wider audience and it's just, it is a delightful thing to have had this happen to the Sonic universe. We've been through so much. This is such a win. Right, right, right. Like, and yeah, granted, like, the only thing I, I have, my small take this is a really nitpick for me is like, again, they, of course, they had, they, they really had to bring back the floss again. Really? We got the whole <laughs> Fortnite thing. Yes, really? I, but... I agree with you on that. I actually was not, I was not great. But Jim Carrey, that's it. That, Jim Carrey, he is. He's not as great as he was in the first one, but that might not even be true. His performance might be just as good. In the first movie, he had so much space to be Jim Carrey. In this oh, one, yeah, he had yeah, to yeah, juggle yeah. the role, just like with Tails. He, they, there's a lot of new characters, so he had to juggle. But at the end, that final battle between Sonic, Knuckles, and Ta- Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, mm-hmm. and Robotnik, Jim Carrey, his his body humor has always been why he's mm-hmm. such a star, right? Like, he's just able to do these goofy things with his body, his physical presence. And him, like, controlling the giant mech with the Master Emerald, like, through these super exaggerated motions was 
awesome. It was so funny. I was grinning ear to ear just watching <laughs> him go to town. It looked like he was having fun, and how could he not be? Mm-hmm. He, he is so good for this role. And I, 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 there's been rumors that he's retiring. He said he's strongly considering it. I cannot imagine a third movie mm-hmm. without him. He yes, just, he needs to be in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that sentiment. Like, if Jim Carrey is in Giddy Time, at least have one more movie, just one more movie, and make it be the next movie of Sonic 3. Just because, again, the way, again, Jim Carrey, like, again, with his memes of the first movie, like, the time to talk is over, it's time to press buttons. And it's less like, with this one, even when he's taking the power of, the, of Master, Master Emerald, and just like, just that spirit of Jim Carrey, you know, like, this is pure 90s Jim Carrey. And of course, like, the way that once he gets to be a sex, later, hater. Like, <laughs> oh my God, yeah, that is pure Jim Carrey. So. He was awesome. I will say the, the time that I teared up, and this is hilarious, it's not really that emotional, but just I loved the franchise so much. The Supersonic. Oh, that, yes, yes, that, yes. That's yes. getting me even right now talking about it. Just like, I love Supersonic. He's so great. And he gets all the emeralds. They soar, come in. Oh, my gosh. He gets the awesome <laughs> golden look. Like, imagine what that would have looked like with the original design. Mm, it would have been awful. And instead, yeah. it was this awesome, just badass moment where you were like, this is exactly like... You knew he was going to be in it. You knew they would have Super right, Sonic. Right, right, it's right. Sonic 2. Like, <laughs> Sonic 2 brought Super Sonic to the games. They're going to put him in the movie. But the way they did it was tremendous. It was it was such a, a thrilling moment to see the Chaos Emeralds, to see Super Sonic on the big screen. And then again, just to have the kids behind me to experience what I felt 20 years ago of, like, the awe of Super Sonic. Like, I just, I'm so happy that they were able to bring that to people because it's meant so much to me in my life, and it's going to mean a lot to these kids and, and theirs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. Like even like how like brought back and even with uh, Knuckles saying like, no, this is not the same Sonic. You no, know, even with the power of the, of the Master Emeralds, and nope, get the test the chili dogs and all that. Yeah, never mind. He's the same Sonic that you know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, they they really were kind of like okay, like Chipeta, yeah, like oh, it's not going to be the same Sonic that you know. Nope, it's the same Sonic that you know. And just like, just as you said, like how you have the power of a god over you. Why you give it away? Because nothing beats the power of friendship. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that pure Sonic uh, like moments uh, up there. Like, wow. Again, as I said, like I, I was, I was in the same similar setting as well in the theater, and it's just like, yeah, see, just hearing that. I, if you're like a longtime fan like Tyler, or just a newbie like, like of the new generation, just like here seeing this appreciation for Sonic, especially again, as I said. To think we would had a nightmare fueled Sonic to to be, to be in this movie, and that, thankfully the fans protested, and we got this gem, little great masterpiece now of a pretty much the perfect example of a video game movie. And now well, the third movie coming up later on is just like, yeah, perhaps the future is actually looking bright now. So it's just well, the future is looking very bright because now we're getting into like the best storytelling mm, era of Sonic mm, the Adventure mm, era with the reveal of Shadow yes! the yes, Shadow. Yes, yes, yes. He goes, he goes, we've, we've discovered something in Robotnik's database. Something from 50 years ago. And I was like, oh my god! 50 years ago! The Space Colony arc! We all, we all know what happened there. And I apologize to our audience right now for, for Tyler's fanboy, but yes, this is a very exciting part, so please forgive us. Yes, yes. But... <laughs> yes. The Space Colony arc, Sonic Adventure 2, the peak of Sonic storytelling in my, I loved it so much. It's so campy, but it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, there is so much because they could do, you know, there's still chaos. There's still metal Sonic, 
but we're definitely getting shadow in this mm, next movie. Mm, mm, and yes. I, I, I just, I, I'm so excited to see what that dynamic is going to be like. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it at the end of the show. But to have that close out this mm, one, it was mm. just as exciting as when they closed out the first one with Tails. Like, the, just my brain exploded with yeah. glee. Right. And, and the shot of the shadow capsule surrounded by all the guns. Yep. Just yep. Awesome, because we all know Shadow loves guns. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's and that that's one thing I can't help but wonder because uh, you you also said it, Todd, that again you want I wonder who's going to be voicing uh, Shadow. Is it going to be you, the the typical one, Kirk Thornton, but or you want it as Keanu Reeves? Like I, I love you... Keanu. I someone did a fan edit of a like three model of Shadow with Keanu's voice, and it honestly felt like it matched like it especially like john wick style keanu reeves you know that very dark dapper you know i was like oh, i am the ultimate life form <laughs> i can actually kind of see that now regarding to yeah keanu reeves performance and yeah it's just i can only imagine how it would be like yeah of course if you gotta bring in shadow we and we have robotic are we gonna have rouge the bad that's the one thing i'm, I'm curious about as well so like if they're gonna continue on the third movie in that same time sphere and of course like as we know that uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is definitely, I think, arguably a much more darker story. Because, again, the, the Maria's history, like, again, Shadow's history yeah. and Maria's death. Are you going to show that in a PG movie? Like, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. That's a question. That's, I mean, I we'll we'll discuss that later, though. The Eclipse Cannon. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Why don't just go full tilt and do the Egg Moon? They have to, yeah. <laughs> it, it's There's cool. so yeah. much, but we'll get to that later. We gotta get to that later. That'll be our right. that'll be our main event. But uh, also, thoughts, uh, go, go see the Sonic Two. It's <laughs> for awesome. sure, for the, sure. The, the audience score is 97, and I know that there's some fanboying that overinflates that. The critic score is 67. The movie critics, I movie critics are very important. I think they do a great job. I'm not even going to complain about the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie, but I think it's important to know that the movie critics are looking at through through the lens of a Pixar movie. Like they're they're looking at this movie through a traditional animated film. They're they're not looking at it through the perspective of a Sonic fan. Which is and and that is I think what explains the big difference between the critics and the Sonic and and the audience score for this movie because. <laughs> Like structurally, I would agree with the that like the, a lot of the plot points are fairly cliche. If for sure, like, for sure, for sure, the, it follows a predictable rhythm. The the wedding stuff is like you know it's not incredible cinema. Like I I, I would agree with them on that. But what they kind of miss is the the vibe of of the, the challenge of creating a Sonic movie is not the same challenge of creating a Pixar movie. There's established canon that you need to respect and to ground the movie in to have true success. Otherwise, why make it a Sonic movie? Why not just come up with new characters if you're not going to follow the established canon? And they've followed the established canon and they've crystallized the core of Sonic at his best. That is why the first movie was great and that is why this movie is great. And critics who have not experienced the Sonic franchise are literally incapable of understanding that. And it's not their fault. It's not that they're not doing a good job. But unless you are a Sonic fan, you will not appreciate every little detail that makes this movie what it is. You'll just see, you know, a solid kids movie. And that's great. It can be a solid kids movie. But to the established Sonic fan, uh, there's just no way. There's just no way you'd see this and not like it. 
I have so much I want to say, mainly because this reminds me of a certain other conversation about a certain other movie that was not loved by critics, but was loved by the fans who actually understood the movie. Oh, no. And... You, no, I knew you were going to say this a long time ago, but you're completely wrong. Oh, <laughs> I knew! I knew he would do that! Because when it's Sonic, oh, it, it totally matters that the fans are right about this, but when it's my movie, no, that doesn't matter at all! No, no, that's not what... Oh, you're completely, one, you're completely mischaracterizing my argument. You are not. Sure Zack sure Snyder's am. Justice League. He's trying to create, he is trying to did, create did a superhero. Epic. Yes, did you did. I he say trying that? To, Batman vs Superman. He's trying to create a superhero epic, and it fails because no. it's not epic. It does not. It fails to make it. No, epic. that's not true. Now, now who's dead wrong? You are. Fail. No, no. no. Yeah. I, I can explain why he fails. Uh, right, no, we're not doing right, this. Right, we are not doing. Fails. Notice, notice, Sonic I notice that I only put it out there that I wanted to talk about this, but I wasn't going to. You're the one who is right. actually extrapolating because, because, because you are so I'm... insecure in your argument. No, so... no, no, my argument is correct. I, no, you are the one it's really you not. I am engaging. You are afraid to engage. You are. I engaged with you before. We've done this multiple times you in the podcast. That's why I didn't want to do it However, because we've actually talked about this before, <laughs> multiple times on multiple forums. Because I knew when I when I, thought, <laughs> when I saw the critic score and I saw the audience score, I knew when I mentioned that that you were going to compare this to Zack Snyder's Justice League, yeah. and I also knew why you were wrong to do that. No, and I'll tell you why I'm right to do it in very simple <laughs> terms. I'll, in very simple, I will not elaborate too much because I, I do want to move on. Because you're afraid. If I was afraid, why would I bring it up? Well, you didn't. You well, go back in time. Let's go back in time when you said I didn't even bring it up. You no. brought it up. No, Remember I said that? no. I said I was go. I said I wanted to talk about it, but I wasn't going to. And mm-hmm. then you took the argument and ran with it. I was just <laughs> teasing you. You took the bait. Listen, I had to take That's the bait. bait. I, I had to. You, you didn't <laughs> listen to Mad Max. That's bait, and you took no, it. No, uh, I only took it because I knew you were going to go there. Look, my whole point was that. What I was going to say in very most elusive terms was that you you said it exactly right in terms of Sonic. They are looking at this from a I don't want to say Pixar, but a standard good animation movie with you know an, a, a non-realistic character in terms of Sonic, you know a CGI character. They're looking at it as okay, this is supposed to be this kind of movie that's supposed to make you feel this way and blah 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 blah. You're looking at it as through a fan who has you know is who is known with the lore and uh you know can read like look for the 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 easter eggs and there are a lot of them you guys said that there were and that's what made it that's what made it good for you and i i I didn't show you this but uh on g4 they had uh gerard the completionist shout out to gerard the completionist i tagged him in our podcast yes our friend friend. our friend (laughs) gerard the completionist because i tagged him in our podcast last week that tyler was not on and told him that he was the inspiration for our main event and he said that's really cool guys thank you and a whole bunch of people including g4 itself their official handle retweeted us so shout out but gerard did a a movie review on sonic and he actually gave it a three out of five uh which he said it was a good movie but not a great movie He, he explained why and he's a sonic fan so it it was interesting that he you know he felt that way, but you know that is the, the the disconnect between critics and fans because critics are expecting one thing and fans are expecting another, and that's why in my argument, my argument Tyler that you took the bait on, um, the critics looked at Zack Snyder's Justice League as it has to be this way because this is how Marvel did it, this is how Marvel is successful at it. Zack Snyder did a different approach, and they're like, oh, but that's not what I was expecting. Well, that's not the point. It wasn't if supposed to be what that's you were expecting. Why critics didn't that movie. 
Yes. That's, no, 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 no. no it, that's it's why, not why. You know, it's it, a lot of people. <laughs> no, a lot of people really didn't like that movie for one reason or another, including some legit comic writers and fans. They were like, right. oh, this movie is total. But just as many said they loved it, including ones like Gail Simone, who could not sing the praises enough of the Wonder Woman scenes. You know, the Wonder Woman scenes that weren't butchered by a man named Joss Whedon. Because Zack Snyder actually understands the characters. But Zack Snyder takes a different approach and he gets lambasted for it. And then Jeff Fowler, he does it for the Sonic fans and critics don't get it. Was Jeff Fowler wrong for doing that? No, because the critics are just one point of view and fans are another. That was all I was going to say. But then you took the bait. So, moving on. <laughs> You're right. You are definitely right. Yes, I am right. That's why I'm the host. Moving on. Movie, but you were wrong about the movie being good. No, you're, <laughs> and you're the you're wrong about the movie being terrible. You said, and I quote, "It's just barely oh, better than the theatrical that. version." That is so emphatically That's... wrong. Well... And if I said to you, <laughs> if I went and saw Sonic Two, I I, I want to make it clear, I have not seen the Sonic Two movie. I knew about the ending because I wanted to hear about it from a friend of mine. She loved the movie. I did not see the first one. I did not see the second one. If I watched the first one and the second one, and I said that the movie was average at best, and I am, I don't want to say a casual Sonic fan, <coughs> well, but I know the lore well enough. I have played the games in the past, and I do love some of them with all my heart. If I say that it was an average movie at best, does that make me as bad as the critics? No, because it was my opinion. I respect that you didn't like Zack Snyder's Justice League, but the way you emphatically say that it was terrible, but then we'll say, oh, the critics just didn't understand it for Sonic 2. That drives you crazy. No, no, I'm not saying that the critics don't understand it. I'm saying that the critics are viewing the movie through a different lens than the audiences like they're it's it's a different they're they're viewing it as though they were going to see turning red like that's the type of thing that they're looking so they're looking for like ingenuity in plot they're looking for <laughs> x y like like you can like the whole package yes yeah, every part of a movie like movies are complex to make and you can break yes, down are. like when you're when you're when you're talking about movies or video games or anything like criticism is uh, uh, your opinion on whether you like it or not is your t personal opinion. However, your personal opinion is based on a set of facts and reasons. And and if you can analyze, if you're looking at a movie or a game or anything you're reviewing, there are objective truths in there, right? Yeah. Like a, a game, like a Mario game. Objectively, Mario games have good jumping mechanics. Mario feels good to play as his its jump is predictable. It's rhythmic. It's it's clearly defined when he lands like those and and that is a objective fact. Movie movies are the same thing. Like the Sonic Two movie, objectively, its plot is simple. It's not a complex plot, but there's other ingredients mixed in, and a unrefined. And it's not refined. Like refined sounds wrong. It's a Sonic movie. But An unrefined right, opinion right. by a person not named Roger Ebert, who clearly gave the movie two thumbs up, is clearly not worthy of watching this film. Okay, yeah, you can pretty much use that term. You uncultured swine. Right. You uncultured swine. Look at wait, right. look at you, hockey puck. But it, it, like movie critics generally are are their palates are dead on. They're far more refined than the average moviegoer who is just like special effects are cool. I like that. I like that. Like they're not able to, the average movie watcher isn't breaking down every scene, every camera angle, every behind the scenes thing that the critics are. And the critics recognize how all those pieces come together to create the feeling. They, the critics for the Sonic two movie actually are not able to, it's like going to a restaurant. They're not able to taste the finery in the steak or the wine. They can't taste how dry or sweet the wine is. They don't understand exactly what's in the movie that makes it so special because they don't have that palate 
of being a Sonic fan. I know that's a strange way to put it, but yeah, I, I think reality. you kind of lost the metaphor there because technically a connoisseur like a critic would actually be able to taste the best parts of the no, wine uh, in the state. No, I'm just saying. No, 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 my point is it, that these people, they're the best at tasting a certain type of food, but you have this totally different thing that they just can't quite understand. They don't, they don't see it. They just don't see the, 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 the like, we, the Sonic fan becomes the crit, the expert critic of this movie. And that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Like the fan is the one who can taste all the flavors, which is unusual for a movie. And that's why there's a huge disconnect between the, the, the critic score and the auditor. The critic score is based on somebody who doesn't quite understand all the juice that's gone into making this movie special. Just want to remind everybody that Zack Snyder's Justice League has a 95% score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, hmm, made the fans do understand more. Moving on. A ravenous, <laughs> psychopathic fan. Oh, well, like, and like Sonic doesn't have a rapid fan base. Come on! Yeah, no, but the, the, the <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League is a different animal. Like, the Zack Snyder fans uh, are, but, are but, different. Uh, are. Uh, actually, you could argue that Zack Snyder's fans, Snyder Cut fans and Sonic fans have a lot more in common than you want to admit. Are they both passionate about their craft? Yes. Do they both want the best for what needs to be put out there? Yes. Did each of them file a petition to get their movie changed because <laughs> of what happened before? Yes, they did. That's and who true. did it first? Who did it first? Well, did it... one needed saving because this movie... Who... No, 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 no. Who, did... who, 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 who yeah. did it first, Tyler? <laughs> who did it first? I actually don't remember. Actually, it's, it's actually technically... It's actually about how you want to technically say it because technically the Snyder Cut... Uh, can petition was longer because that started like if you want to be technical 2018 but sonic got the change first because of the complete backlash that happened on the yeah. internet in 2020 and then of course we got Zack Snyder's justice league confirmation about six months later so you know it, it's it's relative but the point is both of them complained both of them got their way and a better movie was made as a result can't we all just get along <laughs> I agree with that. And now we, neither of us have to get the last word and we can just Good. move on on agreement. Okay, Will, <laughs> Will, say move on. Okay, that's move on. Okay, because <laughs> I was actually waiting to save the song. I do I do promise we did not intend to do the Zack Snyder's Justice League talk. Tyler totally took the bait and ran with it, and that's this is all his fault. That was good podcasting. I said move on. Okay, okay. Uh, we do need to get to the news because you do have some interesting stuff. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. All right, and first, I want this one was really odd. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. We got on YouTube a Kirby read along. Oh yes, I saw that. I saw that. That was, I mean, I was just like, I was on YouTube. I, I, I tried to check just to make sure I don't miss anything from my shows or you know G4 now, and it was like a Kirby read along. I'm like, Kirby read or what? Kirby doesn't read, does he? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's a Star Warrior, but still. Um, and yeah, it's just like they, this was actually a recreation of a Japanese read along. Uh, made years ago and it was just like the most basic of it it's kirby's day with waddle d and you know king ddd is there and they're having fun and they're relaxing it's just like you can get away with this with kirby because kirby is soothing it's, it's it just really bundle is. joy it's just a bundle of joy just from with being with kirby again if you haven't played the games or, or read the story or see the see the shows like again kirby's happiness like no matter what you do even when he's facing out horrors or whatever space eating cosmos Every single day, he's just like, okay, go fishing, eating, sleeping. That's it. He's a baby, but everyone loves him. Like, just like you can't, as I, as I said before, you cannot be angry at Kirby. It's just like he is pure happiness. He's a baby, a Star Wars, but he's pure happiness. And 
when I saw that on, on YouTube, it's like, yeah, like, again, as a star who held off world-eating ending calamities, and yet he just lives his day by day, which is like, again, you can't say no to that face. You can't say no. Yeah. Did you did you watch it, Tyler? I actually did not. That's uh, okay. I, I wrote an article on it, which you would know if you actually pay attention. Uh, but no, getting getting. But it's it's seriously it's it's for kids, obviously. But it's there's gonna be more coming because they said this is episode one. So that means we're gonna get more Kirby soothing goodness, I guess. In the future. hey, and here's us. We need we need more sugary goodness in this time of time of time of peril, if to say the least. We do need more. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, we have Live Alive, which, despite my pr- pronostications before, there's a word for you, pronostication. Uh, it is not coming out in May. I really thought it was coming out in May. It's actually coming out in July. Our bad. So uh, we actually got two character trailers from the, because there are seven story paths in here, each one different. And uh, the other day, we got two of them. One was the uh, Earthen Shifu Master, who is uh, wanting to teach his Kung Fu martial art. Of Imperial China, of Imperial uh, China. I'm getting there, Will. Calm down. Uh, yeah, he's, he's trying to find students to teach his martial art to, and you will get to pick one of three who he finds. And then we have a uh, prehistoric, I'm sorry, the era of prehistory, as they're calling it, in which a young boy is just trying to prove himself, and he finds uh, a girl who is, you know, fated for death, and of course he has to protect her because that's what young prehistoric men did. Totally, absolutely, and uh, yeah, it looks really interesting, and the gameplay looks special for each story, and, and even just they even say like the prehistoric one, like this is a time without words, so you're not right, going right, to hear right, right, right. dialogue here. But then you got the Earth and Heart Shifu, who is you know trying to teach his martial art to people, and that obviously give a totally different feel. And so this this really looks interesting. Mm, yeah, I'm just really, I'm really liking how the game's starting to shape up now. Again, it's a classic from the SNES, and now just seeing with these modern day graphics, and of course, like modern day voice acting with it as well. It's just like, yeah, it, uh, I'm pretty hyped. I'm pretty hyped. And of course, um, like, uh, yeah, even the original game was uh, composed by Yoko Shimomura of uh, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts fame. So it's just like, I, I can't wait to hear these different remixes again. And just the battle system from the Imperial China era to the battle system in the prehistory is just like, yeah, I, th- I think Square Enix definitely got a hand, uh, got a hit in their hands. And then uh, the one the the original producer, I believe it was, of the game noted that the only reason he's been trying to get a remake of Live Alive done for a long time, but it never works out. And so he at he saw what happened with Octopath Traveler in the two D HD style, and he realized this could be it. This could be what I what I need to make this work. And so we actually have Octopath Traveler to thank for this game being made. So thank you, Octopath Traveler. <laughs> again, it it it, paid, it let they paid the uh, laid the groundwork forward. Again, we got Triangle Strategy, and now we got Live Alive. So yeah, definitely laid the groundwork. Yes. And like that's the thing that sometimes gets lost in here. Sometimes you need an inspiration or another game to come through in order to make something happen and that's exactly what happens and we've seen it before with other games like we know like other things are gonna be inspired by cuphead or uh or like when super mario 64 came out everyone's like okay let's make the super jump to 3d and like everything happens because of that um or even smash brothers if you really want to be technical like Mm -hmm, like with mm -hmm, nickelodeon mm -hmm. so sometimes you just need that thing to come out 
to allow these creators to make what they want. And again, this guy, Live Alive came out in 1994 and only in Japan on the Super Famicom. So he's been trying to bring this over for decades and it never worked. But now with the 2D HD style, he's going to get it done. And so all we have to do is wait for July. That won't be yep. hard. <laughs> won't be hard at all. All right. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything to say on this? No, I think you guys covered it. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this game. I'm excited yeah. for any HD 2D goodness. Yeah, same here. I I, the, I wasn't sure about this first because I'm like, that's just a weird title, Live Alive. But the more we I had see, stranger names, we had more stranger names. Yeah, like Triangle Strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget. I will never forgive. I will never forget. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. They actually had a fun little live action trailer and actually reminded me of the we would like to play mm-hmm, like those mm-hmm, classics mm-hmm. from the Wii era because this just felt like this was about you know who's going to run your house in terms of you know who's going to be the best of the best in the, the sports and it made me really want to play it i don't think i will but i, I did like seeing it because it, i feel this will be a game that's best enjoyed with other people i don't have anyone to play with um currently <laughs> So, and a def- my parents definitely aren't going to do it. <laughs> definitely not. So, why not just let someone else enjoy it? And that's fine. Ah, and, I, mean, I, I like the way it looks, and it looks like it will be fun if you have people to play with. And, uh, yeah, now we can actually finally talk about Nintendo Switch Sports now, thank God. It's FBI, like, free! <laughs> so, yeah, just, like, showing off the, with the trailers, and, like, again, to do different modes as well as... Um, Basically, of course, with the like sweep feature, with um, when it comes with a physical game, like the way they showed it off right now is like it, it definitely seems a lot more smoother from compared to the original beta test. And again, you don't need to be have to play; you can play locally or you can actually play online. Again, the bowling was definitely the the, hot, the highlight for me when just like oh, want to try to get that perfect strike. And of course, there is the challenge modes for on bowling, should you wish that extra feature, like did in the original Wii Sports. And like, of course, as they said before, they will be adding more features to the game. Like, I believe golf will be uh, implemented yeah, later on down the line. Golf is coming out later this year as a free update. Yes, as a free update. So they'll be continuing to, to um, support this game as, as it comes out. And plus, right at the time, yeah, last I recall right now, I think at if you pre-order at Walmart, you actually get a free water bottle. So that's kind of a nice little pre-order bonus. <laughs> that's an odd one. I, I've, I've seen weirder. I got like a Raving Rabbids uh ball toy but like a water bottle i guess or it better come with decals like the like a detailed one you know like could you imagine just give you like a regular water bottle i'm gonna get water bottles are pretty expensive these days i don't know i guess that's true what do you think tyler are you gonna get this when it comes out no, I'm definitely passing on this one. Oh. I, yeah, I just, it's like, you know, you say, <laughs> I don't have anybody I'm going to play it with. It's so basic. I, I could see myself maybe having, like, a goofy time with friends one night playing it, but it would not have enough staff. They're going to charge full price for this. It's a definite no. It's like, but Tyler, you love Mario Tennis Aces. It's one of your favorite games ever. <laughs> Mario Tennis Aces, yeah. And flawed <laughs> for sure. Probably more fun than this is going to be. Oh. I, I probably will be getting this just for the sake of experimentation. Plus, again, with the leg strap feature. Plus, I'm the only one who has Ring Fit Adventure with the leg strap on, so I'll probably get, give it a try at least. So I keep meaning to get that, but I never do. So. All right, moving on to a story that definitely means a lot to me and Will. Kingdom Hearts 4. 
Oh boy, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, this was announced at the 20th anniversary celebration, which our dear friend Skull Kid Scott happily covered and then did an op-ed on. Um, yes, we are indeed getting Kingdom Hearts 4. It is the beginning of a new arc called the Lost Master arc, which is a reference to Sora. And uh, Sora ha- is finding himself in a hyper-realistic world that I'm not going to try and pronounce because I'm going to fail. Uh, let's just call it Q. You know, like the Star Trek character who is awesome. Yeah, Quadratum. Quadratum, I believe those are pronounced. Sure. Anyway, in Q, it's an afterlife of sorts that Sora finds himself in. And it is modeled after a district of, J- of Japan. It's actually really close to Shibuya, which fans will know is very important for very re- various reasons. <laughs> World ends with you. So... It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. We have no release date. We have no other details and whatnot. But we do. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura did confirm that the area that Sora is in is a beginning part of the game. It is the base. His apartment. Yes, Sora has an apartment. Uh, what world we live in? Uh, it, it will be like the base for the early parts of the game. And that the hyper-realistic style is not, quote, not going to be the definitive style throughout the rest of the game. This is specifically to the Q world because that's what it is. It's, right, it's, the, theme, the theme. Yeah, it's the theme of that world. It's just hyper-realism. So. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, to say the least, uh, of course, if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you're going to be very excited, especially if you have completed the, the DLC at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, which, if, if you know, you know, especially with that your Zora fight, yeah, you win or lose. But yeah, it is... Overall, the trailer looks very nice. I mean, obviously, it's still in initial phases, especially with the the new form of the keyblade. We're going to hook hook sling, just like sling around, especially fighting against that that um big uh, heartless. And of course, naturally, we know organization is still going to be back as usual. But of course, naturally, the ending of that trailer is again we see Goofy and Donald looking for apparently Hades. And no, he's looking for. They're in the original world, and they're looking for Sora. Nice really? Question. Because like the blue flame. Yeah. No, but that was that's what Tesoro Nomoria said. He said that we see in the trailer Donald and Goofy are looking in the original world for Sora. Yeah. That, that comes straight from the horse's mouth. They might find Hades, but that's not intentional. Okay, because yeah, when he said like when he saw like oh who's that and like saying a blue flame oh you're looking for me and that blue just turned to that oh, that uh normal flame I get that's like picture as Hades. So I, don't uh, know. Okay, I will okay. look I will look back up the interview, but I heard I wrote it about it today and he said that it was uh something, something like else. yeah I get back. they're looking for Sora, but again looking for us another one to help in that search. I believe that's my understanding. There you go. Donald and Goofy are looking for clues about Sora in the original world. So there you go, yeah, and that's that's why and that's why they look different than Sora does in the game because they are in the more basic world. Also, if you think about it, if that was the Hades underworld, we know what that looks like from the umpteenth Kingdom Hearts games. That has a defined thing. It's not pitch black. Remember, mm. just saying. Anyway, keep going. Let's wrap this up. We gotta keep going. So we don't we don't know when it's coming over. Or what's coming, and we'll find out more. But the fact that we're getting it at all, and yes, we know it's not going to come to Switch, at least for not for a very long time, or unless they do Cloud again. So, you know, take that as you will. But uh, it is coming, and that is something. That is something. All right, next up, this is a smaller story, but apparently Bandai Namco, uh, via some job listings, are uh, working on a Nintendo game remaster. 
and everyone is trying to guess what it is. And I'm just like, it could be literally anything. I mean, Switch is like the remaster place nowadays. And it's the Switch. So, you know, take that as a will. A lot of buzz about Kid Icarus Uprising, though. I was yes. really excited. You know, all the yes. people online yes. say, Kid Icarus. And if that happens, credit to me. You've heard it here first. Because when <laughs> Kit and Palutena did that 10-year anniversary video together, I said, I wonder if there's a project in the in the making that those two people would get together to shoot a 10-year Kid Icarus Uprising video. It just seemed odd. It seemed odd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just... I, I'm seeing it... Um... <laughs> I, I I was seeing like I, I I thought this was like a small store. I was writing about this for another website, and it was I don't know what to expect. I mean that's just that's just the way it is. But I I saw a lot of people saying it was going to be like uh, a remake of Star Fox Assault, uh, mm. which is an interesting choice. But Bandai Namco has worked on a lot of games with Nintendo recently, not the least of which is Smash Brothers. Right. So who knows what they could be working on, but it's clear that Nintendo trusts them, so that is indeed something. But, so we just gotta wait. We just gotta wait, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now, uh, now for a follow-up on last week. Last week, I talked about uh, the return of Serena in Pokemon Journeys and why this needed to be a very special episode. I did not realize at the time that this was literally going to come out the next day in Japan. Uh, and then, of course, subbed for all of us non-Japanese uh, or non -Japanese speakers. Um, so, if you recall, I said that if this, this episode did not deliver on certain things, my rage would be eternal. Is my rage eternal? 50-50. So... <laughs> As I also predicted, the episode was not about Ash and Serena at all. It was actually Ash meets, or sorry, uh, Serena meets Chloe, Ash's new companion, and Serena, being a, a Pokemon coordinator, uh, helps Chloe, who is trying to do that herself. And they do a contest together, and Ash is off somewhere else in the city. And naturally, as uh, Serena wishes Chloe off, who shows up? It's Ash! And, of course, Serena's like, Ash! Or, actually, it's Satoshi, because this is in Japanese. Um, and it's like, wait, Serena! And so, you know, and then, oh, wait a minute, the boat that they're on is about to leave, so the reunion is cut short, and they're shouting their well wishes to one another that they're not going to give up on their <laughs> dreams. And that's how the episode ends. And so I'm 50-50 I'm on this, because on one hand, this was such a tease, okay? They were like, <laughs> we're going to give you the reunion without giving you the reunion, and most importantly, not addressing the kiss that happened at the end of XYZ. So on that point, my fury is eternal. On the other hand, that just means that the window is open for Serena to come back. And in the episode, there are multiple... I guess you'd call it Easter eggs about uh, Serena's feelings on Ash, not the least of which is a line that he used on her in XY about, you know, trying something. And even if you fail, at least you have the experience. She gave that advice to Chloe, showing how much that meant for Ash or for her when Ash said it. And then when Ash showed up on the boat, her reaction was one of like almost shocked stupor. It's like, oh my gosh, Ash is actually here again with me. And then of course they ruined it. And, and even, as the boat is going away, we see Serena Sylveon looking up at her almost like sad because she knows the Sylveon knows that Serena didn't get to say everything she wants to say to Ash. So there are beats that will be followed up upon eventually, but I wanted it now. So basically you got a monkey's paws wish. Basically, Yes, we got Serena back, which is what everybody wanted. And yet we didn't get it in the way we want. And again, this also goes back to what I talked about last week in that, 
they're never going to really give us Ash and Serena together. That, at least in my opinion, for this cartoon is too mature a theme. They did the marriage between Burnett and Kakui because they were full-grown adults and you know and they even had you know brunette get pregnant and have ash's quote-unquote brother if you know you know and that was very very mature but this i feel would be too much for them i guess and so they're not gonna have it happen which sucks because they did it in the first place with the kiss yes they didn't show it yes we all know what happened so i'm i'm a little mad that they didn't do it now especially after us begging for serena to return but this just means that we'll, we'll get hopefully get it the next time. You never know. So, yeah. My rage is subsided for now. I oh, let's let's call it pent up fury. It'll come out. Of, <laughs> it'll come out eventually. But for now, I'm not. If they had just completely not shown Ash in the episode, that would have had me explode. I mean, why have Serena back and not even at least show her Ash in part? This was the monkey's paw. A great reference by Will, where we got it in a way but not in the way we want it. So I will hold off hope for now. For now. Oh, what's that? Hope? Like three hopes? Why, yes, it is also now time. Segway! Thanks for the terrible segue, Todd. That's why you're the host. Yes, it is. Uh, We have a story trailer from Fire Emblem Three Hopes, and this one actually gives us a lot of context about what's going on, because as we all knew before, this does indeed take place in the realm of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, but a completely different storyline with new beats and, and so on and so forth. And now we know why, because in this game, we play as a brand new mercenary who ends up with in Garrett Monastery and works with one of three houses. There will be three different story paths like in three houses, which is really cool. The difference, though, is that apparently your mission is to go up against the Ashen Demon. You know, Byleth? Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's literally the story of the game. And in fact, as you watch the cutscenes, we don't see Byleth at all, except for when they're going up against uh, the new mercenary. Who's, was it, what was the name? Shez. 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 Yeah, there you go. Shez. And so we're going to see this game through Shez's eyes and not Byleth's, which is definitely a unique twist. And, of course, we're going to get updated costumes and new paths and missions and such. Um, we also got a look at how detailed the battles are going to be in terms of you can actually level up Shez and actually change their class, not unlike what you did in Three Houses. Uh, you'll have special like tactical abilities, if I was reading that right, that you can use before the matches start. And, of course, guiding your units to go and take on uh, enemies in their outposts and all that. So, if nothing else, they're actually they're very much building on what they did with uh, Age of Calamity, but just putting the mm-hmm. fire take on it. Right, right, right. Uh, I just gotta say, pro- give props to to this game right now because again, I don't know. I love Hubert's new design, like that new post skip design, just like his flowing hair. I mean. I like yes, Hubert was a pain in the butt in the original game, but like to see him in in this form as well as like other um, the lieutenants of the Do and Hilda in in their new costumes, like ah okay, this is good breath of pressure. And of course, everybody was loving Mercedes's new look, new hairstyle, which a lot of people did not like in the original game to say at least. I liked Mercedes. But, well, 
Well, the, the hairstyle, to say at least, but yeah, not, not, not everybody loves loves it now. But I digress. Plus, yeah, they also I mean, show. To, listen, we've we've discussed that it has terrible tastes. I mean, anybody who could deal with Mercedes is boring. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it depends on taste, depends on taste. But yeah, even they also showed up Lorenz, so you know he's going to be back as well in the in the Golden Deer Path. But yeah, just. Interesting how how it is more or less going to be taken like because if I if I interpret it correctly because this is like during the time um when during the the band meeting in the first meeting uh, of uh Bilev and the three candidates because apparently this mercenary shares is like this takes place right at right before then so I don't know I'm it's going to be interesting how Koitek was going to deal to um interpret with the canon of like how Shes is going to in- interact especially with that uh new god goddess that's going to be joining with Shes so overall I- I'm I'm curious I mean they're definitely going to go with age calamity style so uh, how they're going to do it that's definitely up to interpretation which I I look forward to Yeah And now for the yeah. real hot take here's Tyler <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't say it's a hot take I just I don't like the new character. I'm not sure why we need another new character when there's so many great Three Houses established characters. To me, the Dynasty Warriors games are like McDonald's. They're junk food. It's it's fun. You enjoy eating it. And you know that you shouldn't eat it as much as you do, but you keep over-binging anyway because it just tastes good. It's addicting. And <laughs> the, these games, they're simple. They're not testing your brain at all they all play very <laughs> similarly they're not writing casablanca they're not making elden ring <laughs> with this game so i don't i don't want the new characters i want them to lean in i want my mcdonald's i want to get that double cheeseburger with a large fry and the large soda give me nostalgia i want pure nostalgia i want to revisit Garrick Mock in a new light. I want to hang out with my old friends. I want my guy Byleth there. I want my guy Dimitri there. I want to be able to enjoy the power trip that those games provide in a backdrop of familiarity. I don't need this new character to come into the story. I, I believe that there is an established track record of Dynasty Warriors characters being bland and uninteresting that's and i know that the fire Emblem three houses characters they can kind of dodge that because those characters are established like the champions and breath of the wild like those these are established characters the new character is not established there's no canon they need to start this relationship from zero and in order to make you care about this new character they're going to need to invest a lot into this new character which is just not what i want i don't want to get invested in the new character in this game if it's anything like rowan and liana which i expect it will be those characters were surface level and simplistic and not fun they were lame they were the weakest element of the original uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, and I, I foresee another situation like that with this game. Am I turned off from the game? No. I know. Again, I know what I'm getting with this. It's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy hanging out with my old friends, but now I got this kind of new, awkward guy. That, you know, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh, granted, granted, you don't, you don't want to like, have this newbie character or, like, I don't know. It, that's kind of also, unfortunately, that's Kotek was kind of bread and butter because they always... Inf- in, like input their own uh OCs characters, be it a self insert or your own avatar or whatever it may be. And granted that that definitely will turn some people up because again you want you don't want 
I don't know. I don't want this thing. Get this thing away from my perfectly good meal and all that. And it's like, yes. yeah, it, granted, I can understand that with Core Tecmo, and that's definitely a, a solid criticism. But at the same time, I guess they also want to, like, at least try, give some sort of, like, creative liberties regarding to the, with the license. And I don't know if they, um, most likely they will be um, consulting with intelligence system naturally. And of course, with, with the, the five MFCs in general. But you gotta get props to when when Core Tech does great fan service because again, we will never have Kramen and Ryoma talking to each other or like Camilla and freaking Darja. Like again, who knows? Who knows? Gonna like what moments gonna bring in uh, Three Hopes? So maybe, maybe as the good fun times, maybe some hilarious, or maybe just too many serious times. Like you hold the edge edge lord that we know of Dimitri. I don't know, but again, I'll give some room. I mean, yes, Core Tech has a bad track and here and there, but. I, Get, get may, maybe they can turn around, but who knows? Who knows? Granted. I have faith. I have faith, but that just shows a great taste I have. Moving on. Uh, for our main event tonight, we're going... I just to... want to point out that you said that I was scared, and then you always, like, drop one little line, and then you run. Then you say, moving on! Because <laughs> I want to see if we'll take the bait, and you did. Again. Because <laughs> you're, predict- you're predictable, and that's why yeah, I'm the host. I, I am, but you are too. That's the catch. That's why we work so well together, because I know what you're going to say every time. <laughs> and I know what you're going to say every time, Silas. <laughs> All right, JoJo, moving on. Okay. Uh, yada, yada. All right. Uh, to really get your hmm intensifying, we're now going to jump back into Sonic the Hedgehog, because with the Sonic universe, cinematic universe, I guess, uh, will that be the SCU? If you get that joke, you get the joke. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, yeah, if it, if the SCU, uh, there are many paths and futures that it could take, should take, and absolutely should not take. But what are our personal perspectives on what Jeff Fowler or whoever takes over, because he's currently not official for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 or anything else, um, let's break it down. So, gentlemen, let's be movie makers. Alright, so I don't want to start with Sonic the Hedgehog 3 because that, that I think that'll take a lot of discussion. But I do want to talk about Knuckles. Because Knuckles has already been confirmed for a TV series via Paramount+. Plus. Jeff Fowler did talk about that lightly. He said that they are still in the very beginning phases of that. But they knew that as they were making Sonic the Hedgehog 2, that they knew that they would love this version of Knuckles and that Urge's Elbow would be great as him for obvious reasons. So... The question, as it were, is where would they, where should they take this series? Because the obvious one is, oh, we got expanded on Knuckles. Well, what does that mean? Because whether you look at the animes or the like, the Sonic Boom cartoon or the games or the Archie comics, uh, especially the Archie comics, whew, uh, Knuckles has had various backstories that you could lean from, should lean from, and should stay away from, including him becoming a green god that died, but then decided he didn't want to be dead anymore and came back to life. It's a thing! Okay, and he turned, like, totally green. It was weird. Um, so, Tyler, I want to start with you. Where should they go with this potential ongoing and or miniseries of Knuckles? Well, the core of this all is that Sonic movie franchise is grounded in fun. We don't need anything too serious. I won't. I don't want a overly thought-provoking tale. That should be obvious, but I think a lot of people will actually say the opposite. But I think Knuckles in this movie is a fish out of water. Serious. And 
No, no, in the I'm talking about in the movie, he's a oh, fish sorry. out of water. That's part of why he's so funny. And I would like them to lean into that more. So I think anytime you can get Knuckles out of his warrior element and into like silly situations or where he's surrounded by people who are far more complex and devious than him, you're probably gonna have a good time. There's probably gonna be a lot of comedy there. So I think just the series of Knuckles learning what life on earth is like and learning what his role is as a hero would be my basic plot knuckles protect spoiler alert for sonic 2 movie obviously but uh knuckles at the end restores the master emerald and he sonic and tails vow to protect it in the games knuckles is the master emerald's sole protector i think this movie would be great if somebody came in stole the master emerald maybe ruse the bat and knuckles goes through an eight episode season trying to get that back that's that would be my my basic premise very simple but it all rests on the idea that knuckles is not used to being on earth yet so you're gonna have lots of laughs on his journey as he kind of learns what it's like here really because like the way i see it is like like yes we could definitely go with that route we're going to like just it doesn't have to be as you said doesn't have to be serious like i did the day to later life of like the slice of life uh theme of knuckles adapting into the culture of earth of course learning fortnite dances and all that but i digress but i was thinking we're going to a little bit maybe having showing a bit more canon into the story because again the one thing we actually forgot to omit, we forgot to mention, is because again, Knuckles did uh, mention part of the history. We're going to the the Raven, the the what was the tribe of the Raven, like owls, Longclaw. Long thank you, thank you, thank you. The Longclaw tribe and the Echidnas, and kind of basically uh, briefed up upon that. So I don't know. I was thinking we're going to look, like in in terms of the Mandalorian and actually explore a little bit more, be a more of a companion to that because. Yeah, we don't really hear much about the Longclaw tribe and uh, Echidnas, aside from that movie in, exposition in the in, in the second movie. So I was thinking a little bit more, but as as said, like balance it out with that a slice of life day to day teachings of uh, uh with Sonic and crew. But I don't know. Like I feel no, like I completely agree. I think I think you're, both things can be true, right? Like you can learn more about Longclaw's tribe and the Echidna tribe, their rivalry. You can learn about that while knuckles journey mm, mm, to mm, save mm. the emerald which is a staple of his tribe like um, that, right. I think that those ideas work together yeah, and uh, yeah also as well because again we, we because in, as we go into the third movie as well i, I think the, the 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 companion series could actually even be a good way to introduce to call which yeah she she was yeah. also pretty fairly integral in the story as well yeah for me yeah, that would be awesome yeah, for me, and I know this is going to anger Tyler a lot, so that's why I'm going to say it. Um, I wouldn't mind them going just a tad bit more serious with the Knuckles series, not the least of which is because they'll have the room to do it. All right? Like, the part of the, I don't say drawback of the Sonic movies, but they have, they're like, what, 20, or sorry, two hours max-ish? Uh, both times was 90 minutes the yeah there you go hours. so they're they're trying to condense a lot into those movies and that that works in their favors you know gotta go fast and it, it does help you skip over the more obvious plot holes but 
on the other hand, it doesn't it doesn't allow for the greatest character development. Like, for what, and we'll get into this, but like one of the bigger ones complaints that I saw was that James Marsden's character now was like a father figure to Sonic, and like they didn't really explain why because they were adversaries in the first film. But whatever. And so with the series, well, see, you haven't seen the movie. That's no, but he, I I he saw takes Sonic in as his son at the end. But but like, why they weren't? They're not. They're, that doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. No, it, it, it does in the context of the movie. It does. Yeah. Sonic doesn't have parents. So he, and he is alone. He doesn't have friends and he doesn't have family. So Sonic sees James Marsden's character as his friend, but James Marsden knows that Sonic is a kid. So he's uh, he's actually his father. And at the end of Sonic 2, that's where their relationship uh, Anyway, but for with the, with a the series, they have more room to develop things. And so, especially since Knuckles is a more serious character, yes, he is a Drax, but Drax has a very serious backstory that James Gunn knows how to play well in key moments like look at the mantis scene where he's recounting his daughter in guardians galaxy volume 2 uh they could play something like that where they could still have that fish out of water i don't like you know nothing goes over my head kind of mentality but they still play it serious and i do want to dive into the history of the akinda clan which might even give like uh tyler you were saying like he's not adjusted to earth well he might not want to get adjusted to earth as much because of his duty to protect the master emerald which is very much uh his his shtick in the games even in like sonic x he's almost lazy and that he doesn't want to do anything but to protect the, the master emerald so it could i like the idea of it getting stolen maybe by a certain bat named rouge and then something happens, they actually go back in time on accident, and they get to see what happens with the Longclaw clan and the kid in the clan. And Knuckles at first is like, oh, this is my chance to right wrongs, to do better, and you know, I can be the warrior I was always meant to be. But then as he learns more about his tribe, he realizes that there is more to life than just being this warrior spirit. And then by the end of the series, let's just say eight episodes, uh, he'll be in a better place, which can then lead into his mindset in Sonic the Hedgehog 3, where he is a little bit more loose, even more tight with Sonic and Tails, and is able to adapt even further, because he knows that that's what his ancestors would want, beyond just protecting their their treasure. So, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, it's a reasonable premise. I just, I'm worried, like, I, I think that the idea that it should be more serious i that's i don't think that that's what the sonic franchise is all about like it's but, not but, but, it's not about serious it's oh, generally but, about fun and like i agree that there's room for drama for sure like sonic adventure 2 battle obviously shadow has like a tragic backstory um but it is all campy like it's very campy like it's not truly tra like it's all about the tone like if they can hit the right tone i'm down for that i'm not a big time travel story guy i think that i would rather knuckles tell the story of his tribe through flashbacks because in sonic 2 you know that he's heard all the legends like he he it's born it's been bred into him he takes his duty as the last echidna very seriously and he knows everything about their history um, well, you know, maybe you could reveal. Oh, he truly doesn't know everything about their history, but yeah, and that's the point. That's, 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 that's something you can play on because when all you read are legends, you're like when they say history is written by the victors. So you're missing oh, heap Ted Knuckles. It might be oh, you know, I he, I know he says in the movies I've been training for this my whole life. He's been dedicated to one purpose his whole life, and then by, like you said, by the end of the movie, he's trying to adapt to life on Earth. But he's still going to have you know, I'm the warrior. 
I know I'm, I've got to live up to my, to the legends of my people. And then if he does go back in time and, and realizes that, you know, my people weren't, were warriors, but they also learned to live. That would be an interesting storyline that oh, would only work for Knuckles because Sonic and Tails do not have that backstory uh, in the games or even the comics, technically. So that could that would work because it's Knuckles, because Knuckles, like Shadow, has that deep lore and that slightly tragic backstory that would allow him this eight episodes to really delve into it, to establish him more. And then it, they can springboard off of that for whatever happens in the third movie. So... All right, let's not debate that anymore because we need to get into Sonic 3. We are getting Shadow, which I know you're happy about, Tyler. And yeah. But the question is, the big question is, how do they play it? So let's, for now, because he's not confirmed, let's assume that Jim Carrey is not going to be in the movie. Okay, let's just, because again, he says he's going to retire. If he's not in the movie, and we know the Robotnik family is a huge part of the Shadow lore, how should he they he's considered put... retiring. Huh? He I, said he's considering but, retiring. But the fact he's that he said it at all, like, and this is Jim Carrey, especially this version of Jim Carrey. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady. Tom Brady said he was retiring. I, I, no one really believed him when he was retiring. Brett, Brett Favre said he was No retiring. one believed him when he was retiring. Michael Jordan said he was <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay, that one was a shocker, but that, if you watched The Last Dance, you know, anyway. So, also very interesting that you're going only for sports figures who all That's came all back. That's the only people I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So how should they handle the Shadow storyline? Styler, start with you. Well, uh, I mean, I reject the premise that Jim Carrey's not going to be there. Ugh, uh, you can't just... Ugh. No, I can't. I can't. This, this wasn't even a bait situation. This was just no, straight I up. I can't go along with that, because Jim Carrey is too important to the the movies. He's too important. Like, he... Like, Shadow can't just be the only rival to Sonic. Uh, unless they want to do, like, an Avengers Infinity War thing, where Thanos is kind of the main character and Sonic 3 Shadow is kind of the main character. But Shadow brings with him a baggage and a darkness that I don't think fits what makes this movie franchise so successful. Again, I think that's a joyous energy that Ben Schwartz brings to Sonic that is the key to keeping this whole thing afloat. So if you take Shadow and make him the primary character, you kind of lose that. But even in this world where Jim Carrey is not around, I think that Shadow needs to be... um, If Jim Carrey's not there, he does need to become sort of the main character. You're going to need all of his backstory. You're going to need... Why is he trapped in this gun base? I just assume that they're going to stick with the established lore there of Maria, of the... Maybe you know, keep the Black Doom aliens out for the uh, from Shadow the Hedgehog, but I assume we're going to get the Maria and Gerald Robotnik storylines. And, and that works. They can stick with that and introduce him that way. Have him break out of the gun base and you know pose this new rival threat to Sonic. Um, but I just think, I think he needs to be a subordinate to Jim Carrey to really work. Yeah, I, like, I know, I know the Shadow Lore, especially via Sonic X, which actually did a really good job with it, uh, considering it was a, you know, kid's show anime, and they have to play this right, like, he is, (laughs) for lack of a better term, the Vegeta to Sonic's Goku. All right, and trust me, there's a lot of comparisons between those two. Um, they have to play him dark. They have to play him serious. And he's the guy, he's the cool cat that don't care, and he's going to get the job done, whatever he thinks it is. Um, they, I don't want, I don't want them to make him trivial, which I'm not saying they will. 
but that is a, a, that is a legit fear. Especially if Jeff, if Jeff Fowler doesn't come back, which he is also not confirmed for the third Sonic movie. So they need to place the shadow the right way because of his importance in the lore. He is an anti-hero. He's not a hero. I mean, he's more anti-hero than Knuckles ever was, and that was that's part of the point. So they need to definitely honor his backstory, which they are clearly at least attempting to do with the gun base. And, you know, 50 years ago, he was put, into, put to sleep in, like, the cryo, cryo way uh, and all that. They need to talk about, you know, his power bands, which reduces power, chaos control. They need, they need to do all of these things because that is what he is. And then, of course, make him, like, the ultimate life form. They need to make sure he's, it is established. He was made not just randomly. He is the ultimate life form. So, if they can do that, then I think well they'll be fine. How far they go into the to the backstory will depend on who they have, what they're willing to talk about. Um, actually, since I don't think you talked about this, where is Robotnik at the end of the second movie? Uh, he vanishes at battle. They presume dead. Oh, okay, classic. Oh, he's yeah. he's totally dead. No, he ain't. No one could have survived that fall. Yeah. Except Stone, Robotnik. Agent Stone knows he's he snuck into the to the uh uh the gun. This guy's yeah. gun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so they if they get if they can get him back, then yes, definitely use Carrie to his fullest to uh, you know, have Robotnik pull the strings and on Shadow and you know, tease like, you know, I was your creator's I'm your creator's grandson, you know, we need to work together to complete your purpose as the ultimate life form of blah blah blah. Uh, I agree keep the aliens out of this one. It's not needed, especially with the, the what they've established already. Uh you know as we've all said, I I all you admit this, you know, Carrie's a great robotnik. I mean he I mean, he may not have looked at it at first. It was like kind of an odd pick, but yeah, he he won a silver and he deserves to be the villain every single time because he can make it work a thousand different ways. So We'll just have to see how it goes, but yeah, play it to the lore, play it fair to Shadow. If you have Robotnik, use him to the fullest, but you know, adhere to the lore, do what's right, put your own spin on it. You ha- you can have a little bit of leeway, but Shadow is very one you have to be a little bit more rigid on because of his tone and the lore that everyone knows. And of course, give him all the guns he wants. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to note that Shadow is Sonic's rival. Yes. Like, Knuckles is a rival, and Shadow is a rival. And, like, now that, you know, the Knuckles relationship is their friends at the end yeah. of Sonic 2. They got, they got a bromance, all well, right? He, they they right. work towards the bromance. Shadow does not have that. Right, Sh- exactly. And Shadow, like, in the games, he's very brooding and dark and angry. And, and that works in for the movie, too. But Sonic is much more of a kid in the movies than he is in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Like, in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, he's a, more of a teenager. And if they're going to age Sonic up, they can keep Shadow as is. But if they're not going to age Sonic up and keep him as sort of a kid, then Shadow needs to be a kid also. And that's important. And then there's obviously there's some obvious tragedy in there. You know, Shadow's a kid who was made in a lab. He doesn't have family. He's the dark Sonic. He doesn't have James Marsden to come take him in. He's instead being abused by gun to fulfill this you know whatever admissions they have i wouldn't be surprised if that actually now i'm speaking out loud uh that they could do that without jim carrey right instead of eggman freeing robot or, or shadow gun could do it gun could use him as their higher tool gun is an adversary in sonic 2 and they're flat like kind of you know gray in the in the games so right, right, very right, right. easily have 
Shadow work that way. I just don't want to imagine a world without Jim Carrey in it. But they could potentially go that way. And even if Jim Carrey is in, he would then be that abusive father figure to parallel Sonic's loving familial relationship. Mm, I mean, that, that would definitely would be one way to definitely uh, for that movie, one planet for that movie. Like, I that would be interesting. We're going to, yeah, uh, comparing Sonic's great upbringing to Shadows being artificially created. Again, I was not born, I was created. And just like that, that dynamic, uh, again, like, what is my purpose? That edge lord, like, for what do I serve? To be the update right form or serve as Maria's last will of bringing everyone happiness. That the power of friendship and all of that. Like again, we always knew Shadow as that angsty edge lord from the nineties, uh, like since uh, Sonic Adventure Battle too. So, in transition to the to the third movie, like going to with your uh with your uh frame of like making uh, Shadow as a like kid based version, I I guess it can be possible, but. In my opinion, I just kind of wanted as like try to keep it as close to canon as it is because again, that's what made these last two films great, just because they were very close to canon. So th- that's just my take. If they, as long as they keep keep that service as well as like that can storyline in the in as their baseline for for the movie, then I don't think they can go do any wrong with it. Yeah, I think you can do that with Shadow as a younger character than he is in adventure 2 I, I don't think that they would need to change any major plot points like that i mean when you really boil down shadow as a character right like i promise you revenge he's like his iconic line and he says that because he loved maria so much and now he's lonely like there's a loneliness that underlies all of his actions so they just if you lean into that compared to sonic's super not lonely sonic's surrounded by friends and family that loves him that's a natural conflict especially for a kid's movie it's easy to understand as well mm, fair enough fair enough uh, uh, uh yeah actually there is one more thing i was hoping for in this movie you better bring crush 40 that's all he asked yes. bring in crush 40 <laughs> yes they better do the theme song. If they don't do the theme song, I see. That will be an complete missed opportunity. They, they, they <laughs> really better would. do it so. I just want to know if uh, Shadow finally gets the Beep Chaos Emerald. Wait, what was that? The Beep Chaos Emerald. <laughs> if they actually censor that, if, if uh, Shadow does try to curse, then that would also be a good reference too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, why not, right? I mean, that's, I'm sorry, that's actually kind of hilarious. But uh, there's many ways that they, this could go. And and based on the quality of the first two movies and the fan reaction to it, you know, they could do a Sonic 4. So the question is, do they do Metal Sonic then? Because, like, that's the only, I mean, outside of maybe Chaos, and even Chaos isn't that popular compared to, you know, Shadow and Knuckles and Metal Sonic. So mm. what, should should they go right to Metal Sonic and just... Uh, maybe make that like if they like let's just say Carrie skips out on three but comes back for four that could be like his ultimate revenge is the Metal Sonic arc and then they could maybe end things there. Mm, I mean the Metal Sonic arc definitely is the next logical step but the actually one thing if they're gonna make the next movie after three is like would they ever bring on the Child Garden or would they include in 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 the next movie? I don't know. I would like to see them implement Childs. Me too, dude. That would be be excellent. I do think on the metal question. I I love Metal Sonic. I think he would be great. 
Um, if if I was doing the entire franchise, I actually might have even saved Knuckles for the third movie. Although after seeing two, I'm glad that they did it. But like I said, I do wish there was more time for Sonic and Tails' relationship to breathe. The problem with Metal is you can't do him in the third movie with Shadow. That's just too many Shadow Sonics for Sonic to fight. He can't be fighting Metal Sonic, who is another Sonic clone, and then Shadow is an, a Sonic clone. Uh, you would need Metal to be his own sort of thing. And he's a robot. So, like, Shadow is inherently more interesting than Metal Sonic. If you're going to do Metal Sonic, I think it should be more of a subtle nod at this point instead of a full-on Metal Sonic arc. If it, it, if we're getting into movie four, if we're doing movie five, yeah, we could go that route. But I do think, honestly, we could go with the Knuckles TV show, and Metal Sonic could be you know, on the loose in that and be a character in that. He would be better... He'd be better served as a minor antagonist in a movie that's not crowded with bad guys. Yeah, there are there are a lot of ways they could play, and that's part of the fun here is that we know we're going to get Sonic 3 at the very least, especially after the big box office return of 2, and that'll probably become the best, uh, the highest grossing video game movie ever after it being its own record. So the question is, if they can, if they're able to continue. So uh, to wrap this up, and I was only going to go to Tyler here because you're the big, you're the big Sonic guy. How long can they legitimately keep this up for? I'm not talking TV series. That is such a good question. I know. That that's is why, why the you're the host. That's why. That's why. <laughs> it's a great question because I was reflecting on this myself. How many Sonic movies can you possibly make? Right? There's so many games. There's so many stories. There's a lot of established canon. But at what point are people just like, all right, I'm tired of the Sonic movie. They're doing Minions like seven. So I'm, <laughs> I, would, I would say it honestly depends on whether or not Sega can capitalize on the brand's, the brand's momentum. Because truly, they could tell these stories all the way through 2030. And like there's enough stories there. But Sega needs to capitalize on the popularity of the character through their games, through their TV shows. Like, Sonic, the Sonic brand has to grow in order for this to be a sustained thing where everybody is still engaged and inspired by it. Uh, my guess is they don't have plans for Sonic 4 right now. Like, 3 has already been announced, and they're going to wait and see how 3 does. But I would expect Sonic 4 and maybe even Sonic 5. Fair enough. All right, and with that, we are ending this episode of the Tenor Eighteen Podcast. Time, uh, yeah, you weren't here last week. Darn. Yep. All right, fine. But what a real shame. I know. Okay, but let's uh, let's show be our cool. I wanted to make it Sonic theme. Uh, oh, is Sonic the Hedgehog two the best movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes, no, and why yes. would I argue with Orson Welles? <laughs> <laughs> That tweet did not get enough love. I'm very disappointed in the in my 150 followers for not, uh, for not liking my Orson Welles. Uh-huh. My Orson Welles meme. All right. How about uh, just did you watch or what or what did you think of Sonic the Hedgehog 2? How about just that? Uh, yeah, really liked it. Solid movie. Could have been better. So I'll leave that to you, Tyler. And of course, Perfect. let us know what you thought of all of the other news, including the Fire Emblem 3 Hopes. Uh, trailer. What did you think of the new story that we're going to be getting? Are you excited for Kingdom Hearts 4 and Live Alive? And if you saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2, do indeed let us know what you thought outside of the Twitter poll. So, or tell you Tyler and Wario Will. I am Triforce Todd, and ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not at Alive. We made it to the end of the level, so raise the flag!
Thank <laughs> you.